it's, it's really a, a wonderful letter, and we need to keep in mind, it's a letter. Personally, I think that the Apostle Paul was, uh, uh, he was uh, sharing with these people uh, that he had never, he didn't found the church there in Rome. He hadn't visited the church. He knew many people from his travels. He knew people who were in that, those home churches there in Rome. But um, he, he hasn't been there. And so I think that this personally, I think this is what t- Paul taught wherever he stayed. When he stayed 18 months in Corinth, I think that's what he taught. When he stayed over two years in, 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 um, in Ephesus, I, I believe that's really what he taught. But this is just a letter explaining God's good news, the gospel of God. And I, I pray that we get that. And so it'll take us some time to get all through this. We're going to look at it in kind of sections. And uh, the first couple of weeks here are just going to be an introduction of, of Paul uh, to the Romans. And he's telling them, I'm going to come visit you. I can't wait. I want to share my, you know, I want to share with you. And I want you to share with me. And we want to encourage each other. And, you know, I'm just passing all my way through. I'm not coming there to stay. I'm, coming, I'm going on to, to, to Spain. I, I, that's my goal. Because those people haven't heard the name of Jesus yet. And so that's where I'm going next. And that's my mission, to share Jesus, the good news of Jesus, with people who haven't heard the gospel. So it's a, it's a great uh, letter that we're going to be looking at. I, I pray that we really grasp it. It gets a hold of us. Uh, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it this time through more than I've ever enjoyed it before. Still learning, still growing. And uh, uh, so, Lord, we pray that as we look at this letter, that it would have a great impact in our lives. Here's Paul pacing back and forth, uh, thinking about, okay, how do I, I want to say this in kind of a logical way, in fact, a very reasoned out way. Uh, I want it to be a presentation of the good news. And so let's see, I want to start by showing everybody's need, and then I want to show your solution, God. And then I, I, then I want to tell them what are the results of having been made right with God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I want to speak to the Jewish Christians a little while. They, they have some misunderstandings there. And so I want to speak to them a little while. And then I want to show what the Christian walk looks like in everyday life. And so that's, the, that's, the, that's Romans. And so may we see it as a letter not only addressed to those people in Rome, but also to us today. Um, And and thank you. Thank you for inspiring the Apostle Paul to write these words to these people so long ago that are so relevant and, and absolute truth today. Because that's what we need is absolute truth in this day of relativity. And so... Uh, we, we thank you for giving us your word and pray that it would impact our lives in, in a wonderful way. And we pray these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. If you would turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 1, I'd also like for you to get the uh, two-page in your bulletin. There is, if you don't have it, there are some on the back table back there. But I'd like for you to get the ones that are back-to-back, not the bulletin as much as the, uh, uh, it's in your bulletin, a, a back-to-back handout. Uh, because that's going to be the basis, and I will assume that you'll read that later on to fill in maybe some of the areas that I, uh, I missed. Um, Martin Luther wrote, Romans can never be read or pondered too much, and the more it is dealt with, the more precious it becomes, and the better it tastes. And I really, really agree with that. Uh, and I would add, if you understand Romans, I, I believe that you have the key to all the Scripture. Everything fits 
if you understand Romans. You look throughout the Old Testament, you look in the New Testament, everything fits because Jesus is the theme. He's the message of Romans. He's really the message of the Bible. And so here's Paul, uh, you know, pacing back and forth. He's dictating this letter. I imagine the, the guy who's got the quill, you know, the pen quill, quill in his hand, he's writing as fast as he can possibly write. Probably says, whoa, slow down a little bit here. But let me just read the first sentence. It includes all seven verses. It's just one sentence. So let's read those together. Paul a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David, according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for his name's sake, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ, to all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. <gasps> it's just, he got, he got on a roll there and couldn't wait to just uh, let these people know uh, what his ministry was, what his message was, and, 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 and how special every Christian is, called, loved, uh, you know, uh, saints, made, made saints. Uh, those are the amazing truths that he covers in these verses. And so, um, as, as Paul, I, I put there just, uh, I'm, I'm a slave of Jesus. He understands who he is. It's so important that we grasp this. I, I'm just a slave of Jesus who calls people from the nations to come to faith in him. That's who I am. I know who I am. He's an apostle. He's a slave. He's set apart to share the good news of, of Jesus Christ. He, he understands who he is. He's, uh, 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 he, his purpose, uh, why he's here, his mission, he's been commissioned by, by God to, to, to reach out especially to the non-Jewish people. And that sets his priorities in life. And he's letting these people know from the very beginning, that's my mission. And I would ask you, Romans, would you please kind of engage with me as we reach out to a world, a lost world, that needs the good news of Jesus Christ. Please join me in that. I know what my mission is, and I pray that you join me as we, uh, as we share together. And, and so in the first couple of verses there, I, I'm... Uh, he just gives his credentials. He's a slave of Jesus. He's a God-sent messenger. He's, my purpose is to present the good news of God. That good news tells us of Jesus who was promised beforehand in the Old Testament. And I wrote on your handout there, I, I want you to understand a couple of words there. A slave. A slave. This is not the word for table waiter that sometimes, that's usually translated servant in the Bible. And we are also servants. We are table waiters. We're taking food from the chef. You know, God is the chef and he's prepared his food, the word, and we are just table waiters. We bring it out. We don't mess with it on the way. We just share it as it's written, uh, God's truth to people that we're serving. And so that's one word for servant, but that isn't the word that's used here. This is the word that, that means a, a slave. You belong to a master. Your will is given over to your master's will. And Paul understood two things there. 
He was a slave by nature. God had made him a slave. Every Christian is a slave of God. You're either one of two things. You're always a slave. You're either a slave of sin or you're a slave of God. So you're one of those two things. But for Christians, we are slaves of God. And he says, I am a, I'm a slave of, of Jesus Christ. And my will is going over to him. I'm, I'm that by nature, but I'm also that by choice. I love serving Jesus. I want his will in my life. I don't want mine. I want his. And so I'm a slave. Yes, I'm a slave by nature. I'm also a slave by choice. And, and I, I pray that we, we get that. Um, uh, because I, I find as I continue to grow in our Lord that that's what I want too. I realize who I am. I'm a slave of Jesus, but I'm also a slave by choice. I want his will in my life more than anything else. And I pray that that's true for every one of us here in this room who know Jesus as Lord. He's a wonderful Lord. We are willing servants, at least slaves, <laughs> at least we should be. So uh, I, I love the way he starts out there. The apostle, the word apostle means a sent one, and he had been sent forth by God to, to spread God's good news of Jesus. He was set apart. It means to mark off by boundaries. You, you, it's like he's on this path, and you, can't, you might bounce off the walls, but you're on this path, and, and he's set apart to share this good news, and that's just what he does. You see his entire mission, you see his entire ministry defined by, by that. And so I put on your handout there on the bulletin, Paul is carrying out the orders of the one sending him, proclaiming the message of Jesus, God's good news to the saints in Rome. And so Paul knew who he was and he knew his purpose in life. And I ask you and I ask myself, do you know yours? A lot of it is determined by the spiritual gift you were given when you became a Christian. It might be a, it might be a, a gift mix. It might involve several of the 20 different spiritual gifts mentioned in the Scripture. But you have a gift mix that was given to you by the Holy Spirit when you became a Christian. I want you to, as a Christian to understand that. You might not be using it. You might not have even been aware that you had it. But you, you as a Christian, God gave you through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, He gave you a spiritual a gift when you became a Christian, and we are responsible to discover what that is and to begin using it. It's not a gift that you are just to keep for yourself. It's a gift to be used in serving others. And, and, and I, I pray we grasp that. I, in fact, I even put some, uh, we have a kind of a simple uh, a questionnaire that would give you a, a, a pretty good idea of what your spiritual gift mix is. I put that on the back table there if you're interested in picking that up on the way out. It, it contains three sheets. Two of them are back to back. Uh, but uh, it contains three sheets. And, and that's, a, that's a way to start knowing what maybe you're, what, what God intends for you to do. How he's gifted you. And then the Bible also teaches that Jesus gives us a place to use our gifts. He gives us a ministry. Paul's was reaching the Gentile people. He, he had several gifts. He had the gift of apostleship, obviously. He had, I think, the, clearly the gift of evangelism. Uh, uh, you know, he, he had the gift of teaching. He, he, he had a mix of gifts, and he was using those. And, and, and he was using those mainly among non, non-Jewish 
people, uh, also in the Bible called the Gentiles or the, the nations. And, and so th- th- Paul knew his, and, and I pray that you knew ours, that, that we know ours. And so I, I asked several questions there. Under verse 2, if you're looking at the back-to-back handout, do you know yourself as a slave of Jesus both by nature and by choice? Do you know what God has gifted and commissioned you to do? Do you know the message, God's good news, that God has given us to believe and share? We need to know our own ministries. We need to know our own, the message that the Bible gives us to proclaim. We need to, we need to understand who we are. We're called and, and loved and holy we need to understand those things. Um, and, and I pray that we do because there's a beauty. I, I remember the first time I ever heard how a, a body of believers is supposed to operate. And it was the first time I'd ever heard that. And it's the first time really that I had ever seen it modeled. So when I went to Peninsula Bible Church and I saw people, just people with all kinds of occupations and all ages and rich and poor and just educated and uneducated. But I saw them all involved in ministry. And it was beautiful because the end result of that taking place is that people see Jesus displayed through us. They don't see us. They see him. And I pray that we grasp that. By the way, let me share one other thing. When, when I went to seminary, I was going to kind of be a go-between between, between uh, people in the United States. It's going to be kind of a go-between between short-term missions and uh, uh, mission fields. And I uh, thought that's something I, I could do because I had been so impacted by doing that myself. And, and, uh, but when, uh, when Ray Stedman came and spoke at, Peninsula, or spoke at Trinity where I was going to school... Uh, he started sharing about spiritual gifts. I really had not heard about spiritual gifts before. I wasn't raised in a church that uh, believed that. They were kind of scared of the gifts because they, they just looked at the, the so-called sign gifts and they were afraid, oh my, look at the people who were practicing those. And so, it was, uh, um, so, so we really didn't talk about that. And, and in seminaries, I look back, I realize I had... I probably had 30 minutes out of four, four years of seminary, I probably had 30 minutes devoted to spiritual gifts, and the, the questions that they were having was, do they still exist today? And it wasn't dealing with the spiritual gifts that the Bible is, you know, is full of telling us about it. First Corinthians chapter 12, and First Peter chapter 4, and Ephesians chapter 4, and you, you just look at these various places in Scripture, and you realize it's taught everywhere but I had never been taught that. And so I was teaching a, 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 an adult class, uh, mainly made up of seminarians. Talk about a scary situation. I was least qualified to do something like that. And we started, you know, we had, uh, I had had some exposure to Ray Steadman by this time and his talk about, from the Bible, about spiritual gifts. And, and one time, one of the, uh, uh, one of the uh, lady came up, Pat, and um, she said, Joel, I think you have the gift of teaching. I think my mouth must have dropped as wide as it could drop. 
because I had never even considered that I had a gift of teaching. I, I liked doing it. I liked doing the research. I liked presenting what I, what I could. Um, but I, I couldn't imagine that I had that gift. And you know what? That statement changed my life. Changed my direction in life. Now, many of you may not agree with her, okay? I understand. I understand. But I'm going to go with her. I'm going to go with Pat and, and what she said. Um, and when, when, when this church began... Uh, The people, these five people who started Ranchos Community Church, which became Carson Valley Community Church, which became Hilltop Community Church, um, those five people wanted a teaching pastor. And I thought, that's how you've gifted me, Lord. So I came here and started getting to teach God's truth. And I have a greater love for it today than I've ever had before. I love to use my gift. And I know for those of you who know what your gifts are, you love to use them too. It's amazing to watch God show mercy through us. It's amazing to watch God express leadership through us. It's amazing to, 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 to you know, be able to share God's truth, be a teacher or an instructor. It's amazing to watch a person who has the gift of evangelism. I stand in awe when I watch a person who has the gift of evangelism in action. They just so naturally, my dad had this gift. Uh, he didn't know it, and, and, uh, but he did. He loved to share Jesus with people. And he went after young people, uh, my brother's age. And, and you know, he, he, just, he just went after these people. Mom and he would go, and they'd visit these people, and they'd go with the intention of sharing Jesus Christ with them. And so many people, so many of those younger people became followers of Jesus Christ through his gift of evangelism. So God's ways work. And I pray that you know what your spiritual gift is. But if you don't, begin today. Grab that handout, take it, you know, take it home and go through it and circle yes, no, maybe, and, and figure out which ones you, you uh, maybe likely have. You aren't certain, but, but some, will, some will probably be certain. And uh, uh, so... I just encourage us to function as Paul was. He knew his purpose in life. He had been commissioned by God to do this particular thing, and that set his priorities in life. And I pray that we as a body do the same thing. It's so exciting to think of all of us together expressing our spiritual gifts, whatever our ministry is, whether it's with non-Christians or with Christians, but throughout the community, wherever we live, God has spread us out, and we are just Jesus-tellers. We share good news of Jesus. And that's the thing that Paul goes on to say in verses 3 and 4 concerning, you know, this one who was promised beforehand through his prophets in the, whole, in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is his message. This one whose lineage could be traced back to King David. He was, he was truly human. But also he was truly the Son of God, which was proven by him being raised from the dead. So we've got this truly human, truly divine. He is our message. Jesus our Lord. Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ means Messiah. That would have had special meaning to the Jewish people. But for us, we today, for, for those of us who are, are non-Jewish people, the Lord, the word Lord is the key word. 
Come to know Jesus as your Lord. If you're a Jewish person, come to know Jesus as your Messiah. He's one and the same. He was talked about in the Old Testament, and he fulfilled it when he came in the flesh. Everything prophesied about him in the Old Testament, Jesus fit. He fit it. And so understand who our message is. I pray that we, we, we understand about God's son, born into King David's family life, declared God's son when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's son is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And he's our message. I love the verse... Uh, I quote it often in, in the uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 36, when Peter's talking to the, to the first people who are hearing the good news of Jesus Christ uh, on the day of Pentecost. And he says, God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. They knew exactly who Peter was talking about. But God has made him both Lord and Christ. Wow, what a message. So I put on your handout, the, this is on page two, the other side of the page, if you're following along on the, on the two-page handout there, or the back-to-back. -back. The essence of God's good news is a person, Jesus Christ the Lord. The Rome of Paul's day was much like our conditions today. In this day of little absolute truth, we have good news about the truth, Jesus our Lord. Make the message clear. It's all about Jesus and just who every person needs. This good news is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes. This is what we're going to see next week. This good news is God's power for salvation to everyone who believes. For all, Jews, Gentiles, slaves, free, old, young, male, female, have you believed in and called on the Lord Jesus God's good news? And that's another question to answer. Every person here this morning, what have you done with this Jesus that you're hearing proclaimed, maybe for the first time even this morning, Maybe you've heard the message many times, but what have you done? Is he your Lord? I pray that he is, because he's our message. And we need to know our message well. And then he says in verses 5 through 7, Through Jesus we have received God's undeserved favor and apostleship to tell especially non-Jews God's good news, so that they will believe and obey him bringing thanks and honor to his name. You Romans are included in this calling of Jesus Christ. To all of you in Rome, God's loved ones and saints, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. As the apostles shared the good news of Jesus, the desired response was an obedience that comes from faith. Jesus, I trust you, Therefore, I'm a willing slave. I'm not an unwilling slave. I'm a willing slave. I, I want to do what you want me to do. I want your will above all. And so I recognize who you've made me, and, and I, 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 by nature, am your slave, but I pray that there's a willingness there that expresses who I am and who I serve, who I belong to, and this one Jesus who I've given my life to. To all of you in Rome, God's loved ones and saints, I love that. He's, we're called. 
We're, we're loved by God himself. He demonstrates his love, especially it's talked about in Romans chapter 5. He demonstrates his love by giving his son to die in our place, who died for us when we were still sinners. Uh, I, I, I love that. We're loved and we're saints. And I realize that may be new for you, and you probably, many of you are thinking, well, I'm certainly not a saint. I, you may not act like a saint, but you are one. So when you don't act like a saint, when you don't think like a holy one of God, when you make choices that are, are, are contrary to who you are in, in the Lord, you're, you're really being a hypocrite there. You're not, be, you're not choosing, uh, um, thinking, behaving, speaking, as the one you are. God has made us his holy ones. And growth in the Christian's life is to learn in our thinking, our behavior, our words, our choices to reflect the new people that we are in Jesus Christ. People with a new heart. You are God's new creation. You are literally his holy one. A church doesn't make you a holy one. Only God can do that. But he has. And we need to recognize that. And so to you, loved ones and saints, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I put on your handout, uh, this is on the bulletin and it's also on this handout here, God called us, loved us, made us his holy ones. Our Father and the Lord Jesus have greatly blessed us. Consider the facts that you have been called by God, that you are loved by God, that you are a holy one of God. What differences should these truths make in your everyday thinking, choices, actions, and, and speech? And to you called, loved, holy people, may you experience grace, God's undeserved favor, and peace, wholeness, harmony, peace with God. May you experience that in everyday life. And so if you came to me and um, you were there maybe just to grow in your faith, maybe you were coming to me for a counseling situation, but if you came to me and if you, uh, um, you expressed some concern or, or some desire that, that is answered by these seven verses, I would say, I pray that you know your spiritual giftedness. Because that's going to determine how you're involved in ministry, most effective ministry. And so I pray for you that you would, you would understand your purpose and your mission from our Lord. It should, it should um, have an impact in every decision you make. And I pray, that, I pray for you that you, you know God's truth, that the truth of Jesus. I pray you know that message really really well, that God isn't necessarily our message. Jesus is our message. And I, I pray for you that you would have boldness in sharing this message of Jesus when you talk with others, whether you're talking with a fellow Christian or when you talk with others. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the solution to what's going on in our society today. The, the, the turmoil and the divisiveness and the hatred and the, 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 the poor choices of words that people use to down, you know, to degrade people. Jesus is the answer to that. He's the only answer 
to what's going on in our, in our country today. And I also pray that you would understand that you are called by God himself. You are loved by God himself. And he, God himself, has made you his holy one. I pray that you understand that because it has a bearing on everything that you do and say and even how you think. Grace and peace to you. May you enjoy God's undeserved favor every day. May you enjoy God's peace his harmony, his contentment, his, his uh, wholesome, uh, you know, his wholeness in your life. So, Lord, that's just what we do pray today. And we pray that as, as Kurt, or as Don and, uh, and Des and Cindy share a little bit about the ministry that, that uh, Chip and Rome are using in, in uh, the Philippines right now, to you, they're simply using their occupation to be an avenue for sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing how they are such an example to us, and we thank you for them, and we pray for them, and pray that you'd give these, uh, these individuals here, Des and Cindy, as they've just been in the Philippines, I pray that you'd, you'd give them wisdom in, in, in sharing the excitement of how God is using some people that we financially and prayerfully support over in the Philippines. They're just doing the way the Apostle Paul did it, and I pray that we'd see we can be doing that too. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. Uh, Cindy's going to be the silent partner this morning. She likes it that way. Um, Des and Cindy went as our representatives uh, to visit Chip and Rome Nuttall. Many of you may remember uh, when Chip and Rome uh, attended here, when they lived in Carson City. Uh, Chip was a physician assistant. He worked with Dr. Anderson in town, and, and Rome also had a, a medical background. They retired to the island on which Rome was, bo it was born, which is on the way to absolutely nowhere. Uh, you, you fly into the central Philippines, the biggest city there, and then you have to travel four hours by boat to get to this two-mile-wide by eight-mile-long island, and that's what Des and Cindy did in July. So, um, Des, uh, how are the Nuttles currently following the calling and ministry that God has laid out for them? Well, thanks, Don. And, and clearly, Chip and Rome heard the call that we've been hearing about this morning, and they are now living in, in Pilar. They've been there for about 10 years, uh, dedicated to and, and uh, serving the people on the island. And over the years, they have, um, we discovered they've been, they've been willing to sacrifice uh, safety, their own personal safety, and many other modern conveniences uh, for the sake of their ministry. They've been through major storms. Um, they had a near very traumatic near-drowning experience in 2015 uh, at Ormoc, and they've been through an earthquake as well. And, and regularly, frequently, they go through problems with traveling, with getting supplies in, with provisioning, and, and even domestic issues like uh, hot running water in their bathrooms and, and electricity blackouts. So they, they, they put up with a lot to serve the Lord and to fulfill their ministry there. They expose themselves to disease and, and to other possible ill health in the course of, their, of course of their helping others. Yet with it all, they are great examples of Christians who know their gifting 
and using those gifts and strengths and training for the betterment of the people in, in Pilar through medical clinics and other projects such as uh, general health, general nutrition, education and learning. So they are really outstanding examples of uh, love and action. At the same time, they share in various churches throughout the island and they support the pastors on the island and they open their own home for church meetings and for community Bible studies. So real outstanding examples of, um, of, of Christian servants. Now, you, you've been in their living room as they use it as a... Uh, um, uh, an area where they meet patients. How, how do you see uh, the gospel being communicated through what they do? In a very practical ways. The gospel, as we've heard this morning, is the good news all about Jesus and his love for people. And the Nuttles really show their love for the people that they serve. Uh, they seek to, to emulate Jesus uh, as he loved and served others. All the medicines that they provide, all the medical services they provide are free of charge and are provided in Jesus' name. And as I said, as opportunities arise, they do share the facts of God's love, the message of the gospel, his provision for the people of Pilar, his role as the great physician and uh, forgiveness for sins through, through Christ and, and the salvation that's available. Um, now, while the gospel and, and person of Christ is not presented to every patient, all the islanders know that they are Christians, mm -hmm. and they know that Jesus is central to their ministry. So they come to them for their physical needs, but also for their spiritual needs as well. And um, everything they do there is done for the, uh, the glory of God and in Jesus' name. And they are engaged privately in prayer for all of the people that they meet and serve on the island. And that's one way we can help them as well. Um, and it's interesting uh, because as Joel was teaching um, the gospel can be communicated through various giftedness, and, and clearly they are servants, and uh, you, you see that in what they do. Now, um, as you and, and Cindy have recently been to visit them, what, what did you discover or realize about them personally, about their ministry, that you just didn't get? Previously. Well, I have to admit, I didn't know a lot before going. I'd done a little research. Cindy knew a lot more having been in touch with them. But we learned that the medical ministry that they're engaged in, Chip and Rome, is very much a joint effort, a team effort. Uh, Chip has been in the medical business for, he told us, 50 years, since he was 18 years of age, and he's now in his late 60s. And Rome, too, has got some qualifications in, uh, in nursing. Uh, but they're very much a team. And she does the translation because he hasn't got the Cebuana, the language, and all the logistics and all the planning and all the activities that go into supplying, uh, providing the service. They're very much together as a team. And we also discovered that uh, they see themselves as a retired couple. This is their retirement. They are retired and have gone living in Pilar and are serving God there in this way. And as a result, they spend a lot of their own resources in helping others. They are supported by the church here, and they're very grateful for that and some other churches too. But they are giving of themselves and of the resources for the people there. And we saw too how their ministry goes beyond just medical work. Uh, they've got an interest. Uh, they're engaged in sharing with, uh, with the local churches, building those up, supporting the pastors, community Bible studies, as I've mentioned, and other community development projects to try and help lift the people out of uh, largely subsistence farming and fishing there on the island. So there are many ways that we can get involved besides praying. There are many practical ways which we may touch on a little later. But sadly, we also discovered or noted that 
there's really no end game uh, in sight or being planned. The Nuttles, as I've said, are a retired couple. They're serving God there. And when they become too old or become unwell, uh, the ministry is likely to stop. There really is no succession plan. So that's something we should be engaged in prayer over. Now, what did um, the Nuttles want you to communicate to us, their, uh, their home church here in the U.S.? Well, they're enjoying the work. They're healthy and well. And uh, they obviously wanted to send their greetings and do send their greetings to all of us here. And thanks to Hilltop for the support and love that we've given them over the years. Uh, they did say a number of times how much they appreciated our visit. Just to see people and to talk with people and to have people in their home from Carson City was a big boost to them. I think a real tonic to them. So they enjoyed that. Um, they would like for all of us here to have a better understanding of their ministry and their work in Pilar. And to that end, Cindy and I, we're available to, to meet with any group or any of you individually and to share more and more detail as to what they're doing in the, in the Philippines. And it's probably fair to say that over the last few years, Chip and Rome uh, have felt a little bit out of touch with the church, and they would greatly appreciate more contact, more communication from Hilltop beyond just the mission team. So if any of you have an interest, Facebook or or email or, or Skype or by letter, please feel free to reach out and contact them, and we can help you with the um, with the contact details. Well, um, in fact, the, there's the last slide here has their email address on it, so uh, uh, feel free to contact them. Now, uh, finally, what, what did you and Cindy take away from this trip personally? It's a long way away. <laughs> yeah. Took us a lot of hours to get there and many, many airports and, and, and flights. But we're really grateful for your thanks, for your prayers, and, and, and everything went very smoothly in terms of our traveling. So thanks for that. Uh, it was a real treat, real treat to travel to the Philippines, to be with the Nuttles, to see their ministry firsthand, meet their friends, uh, see their love in action, and to meet the, the, uh, the people in Pilar. Uh, we spent a lot of time chatting with them. And uh, that was good for us to rest and relax, but also I think they enjoyed that communication, hearing about Hilltop and Carson City and uh, talking with them and talking about their ministry and so forth. I think they really enjoyed that. And also, as far as Cindy and I are concerned, I think our faith and our dependence on God and our love for each other and for the Lord were increased as a result of the trip. So I would highly recommend it. Uh, also, we gained, I think, an appreciation for the needs uh, of others and how God is working in other parts of the world. And we came away with a fresh realization uh, that we all have a responsibility to share the gospel, as we've been hearing today, the person of Jesus Christ with all of those with whom we meet and engage, our families, our friends, and our work colleagues, by word of mouth, by action, by sharing our resources, and any other means and way that the Lord would lead us. Well, thank you. This was a very quick overview of, the, uh, of their trip, but please take uh, Des and Cindy up on their offer to uh, visit with them or even have them uh, uh, come to your home and, and uh, talk about their trip. Uh, this is the short version. I've heard the longer version, and it's well worth hearing. So let's, uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are in awe of, of you, of the mighty work that is all wrapped up in that word salvation. Um, thank you for the gifting that, that you give us and, and how each one of us is uniquely gifted. Thank you for Des and Cindy and their great encouragement of, of Chip and Rome's servants who are uh, just on call 24-7. Uh, might we uh, 